You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Now today we're going to get into this topic that I've entitled this message, Above the Storms. I have a feeling that the number one news story all around us and what's happening in South Texas and the Gulf Coast and now in Houston is Hurricane Harvey. How do we deal with that storm? Well, likewise, sometimes we face other types of storms in our life, storms that we, difficulties, challenges, Perhaps you're going through a storm today. Maybe the storm that you're dealing with today deals with finances or maybe a relationship or it could be in a marriage. You're, you're, there's a struggle. There's a, a, a trial that you're having to deal with. Maybe the storm that you're having to deal with is in the workplace or maybe uh, you were laid off from a job or maybe you experienced death in a family. Uh, storms of life today come in all sorts of shapes and sizes And we're going to talk about that as we talk a little bit about how do we respond to that. And I'd look at Matthew 8, because beginning with verse 23, we read the story of how the disciples and Jesus found themselves in in a storm, a literal storm, much like Hurricane Harvey. And uh, what was taking place here? Let's read together from verse 23. It says, Then he got into the boat. And his disciples followed him. Without warning, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, And it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the story that we're going to look at today in Matthew chapter 8. And thank you that you've given us the ability, the power to overcome, to rise above the storms of life. As we get into the teaching, Lord, would you speak to us? We are your servants and we are ready to hear what you have for us. Thank you, Lord, for your hand that is upon us. And Lord, we are here to to take our faith to another level. Would you help us get there? Amen. You may be seated. One of the stories I tell about to another level in the book, to another level that we are using as a basis for our sermon series here, our spiritual emphasis One of the stories I tell is about a young lady, an eight-year-old young girl, who's riding an airplane for the first time. She's with her daddy, and it just so happened that on that particular day, there was a fierce thunderstorm going on outside. And as the plane was getting ready to take off, the the pilot was confident that everything was going to be all right. The plane did begin to take off and ascend. The little girl got even more antsy and anxious and worried because as a as a plane began to ascend, it seemed as though the rain got fiercer and the thunder uh, was was happening even more, and uh, she was quite scared, squeezing her daddy's hand. But as uh, she was quite scared, as she looked out the window, but then there came a certain point that the airplane 
continued to ascend and ascend, that it went literally above the clouds, above the storms. And it was at that point that when she looked out the window, now it looked totally different. No longer was she looking at the thunderstorms and the dark clouds, but now she was able to see the beauty of the skies and the heavens. Why? Because now she was looking above the clouds. And it was there that she began to say, she turned to her dad, thank you, dad. I, I, she wasn't squeezing her dad's hand quite so strong any longer. She says, um, it looks great. Everything's going to be okay. And she looked down and she saw a rainbow below them. The clouds were below them. And she says, I think everything's going to be all right because now I see things from God's perspective. Sometimes you and I just need to rise above the storms and see things from God's perspective. We do face storms, situations that we don't completely understand. Life hits us in different ways. Like I said, it could be financial stress. It could be things that happen in the workplace, things that happen in the home, perhaps a relationship, uh, whatever the case may be. There are challenges that face us all the time. And sometimes we may feel, Lord, where are you? The disciples felt that a little bit because in the midst of the storm, they went and they found Jesus. As Scripture says, where was Jesus? He was sleeping, Scripture says. In the midst of the storm, Jesus was sleeping. Why? Well, maybe it was because he was at peace. Perhaps they were thinking, Lord, don't you even care? There's a storm out here. Don't you even care? And sometimes we may feel that way as well. Lord, don't you care about what I'm going through right now? Don't you care that my child is sick? Don't you care that my marriage has fallen apart? Don't you care that my friends have deserted me? Don't you care that I don't have enough money to pay my bills? Don't you care, Lord, that I feel so all alone? Don't you care, Lord, that I feel like giving up or that I've lost my job? Lord, where are you? Well, the Lord is right there with you. And we're going to learn some lessons from this story in Matthew chapter 8. And I believe that all we need is the Lord to speak those words that he did. As we read here, peace, be still. And the storm is calm. You see, what was happening here, Jesus, even before this, was teaching his disciples lesson after lesson. Lesson because he wanted to teach them how to have stronger faith. But what was happening in this particular instant, they were not exhibiting faith. They were exhibiting fear. They were afraid of the storm. And Jesus knew, well, I want to use this, the storm, as a teaching moment. How many know sometimes the Lord sends us teachable moments? And sometimes you and I have to go through the storms in order to discover how much faith we really have, or how strong our faith in the Lord really is. We don't like to go through storms, but we need them in our lives because it's sometimes uh, we got to do a little check to see how we are doing. Now, I want you to think about this. Did Jesus know what was going on? Yeah, he did, even though he was asleep. But if you read the story even prior to that, we may think, and I was thinking, why in the world would Jesus tell his disciples, get in the boat, because he knew perhaps two, three hours later, a storm would come on the, on the lake. Why in the world? Because isn't Jesus, he's, he knows it all, right? He knows everything. He knows the future. So if he knew the future, and if Jesus knew 
that a storm was coming. Why did he tell his disciples to even get on the boat? Well, there was a purpose in it all. Did the disciples know that there, were, there was a storm coming? No. Did Jesus know? Yeah. So why would Jesus allow that? Well, I mean, sometimes Jesus allows us to go through situations that we may not be prepared for because he wants to take our faith to another level. That's what he was doing for the disciples, and that's what he was doing for us. Because after all, if I was one of the disciples, and if I knew in advance that a storm was coming in three hours or so, I would say, okay, you guys go to the lake. I'm going to stay at home, okay? I have, a, I have a football game to watch. You guys go out, out there, okay? You hang out with Jesus, but I'm going to be over here. Chances are they probably would not have even gotten in the boat if they knew that a storm was coming. But how many know that God has everything in his plans? God, God has had everything in his plans, and sometimes we just need to trust him. It, it was Jesus' idea all along to even ask the disciples to get into the boat. So we're going to talk about this because um, we're going to learn some lessons because sometimes we do ask, God, why? Why am I going through this? Why do I have to deal with this thing at work? Why do I have to face these problems with my finances or in this relationships? Why, Lord, why? Things are not going the way I planned it. Well, could it be that God has a different plan? And whose plan takes precedent in your life? Your plan or God's plan? Hopefully the answer is God's plan takes precedent. And I want to encourage you today just to take your faith to another level because God's plan is perfect. Are you in a storm at this moment? Then perhaps I want to say you're not here by accident. There's challenges you have to deal with. Well, the Lord knows exactly what you are going through. And he wants to speak into your life And to your storm, peace, be still. Sometimes we just want to have control over everything. But it's time to say, Jesus, you do what you need to do. You know what he's going to do? He's going to say, peace, be still, and your storm can calm. Kind of like what he did for Joshua, Joshua chapter 9. He told Joshua, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong, be courageous. The Lord is with you. Let me give you a, to another level lesson. Storms are inevitable. Storms are uncontrollable, but God is all-powerful. Amen? You see, storms are inevitable. They're going to happen, okay? Storms are uncontrollable. You can't control it. None of us had the ability to control Hurricane Harvey. No, we don't have that ability. God does, but God is all-powerful. But why in the world would God allow? We're going to talk about why God allows the storms in our life. Why does he? I'm going to give you four reasons. Number one is this, to evaluate your priorities in life. Why does God allow the storms? To evaluate your priorities in life. One of the things we noticed, if you were watching the news like I was over the past three or four days, is that one of the first things, Everybody was doing in the Gulf Coast, especially because that's where Hurricane Harvey was hitting. They were evacuating all the cities, Rockport and Port Lavac and Corpus Christi, right? Get out of here. Get out of Dodge. You need to get out of here. What? I got to leave my house over here? Yeah. Well, why were they doing that? Because your life is more important than your possessions, 
right? But not everybody gets that. Not everybody gets that your life is more important than your possessions. And that was some great advice because uh, I know many people who evacuated the Gulf Coast over the last few days probably, unfortunately, are going to go home to a destroyed home. Some are going to have homes that are partially damaged, some fully destroyed, and uh, some may be all right. We don't know. Uh, some of them may or may not know how their houses are. But once again, what's most important is their life, right? And sometimes we need to, to uh, evaluate our priorities in life. Kind of reminds me of the guy who was, uh, who was pursuing the almighty dollar, and he had a nice car. He had a nice it's very expensive Rolex watch. He had he had nice clothes, and he was driving down the road, and he made a wrong turn, and and the, the his car went off the embankment. He crashed, and and a few minutes later, the first responders were there. His car was totaled, and he was barely getting out of his car, and couldn't imagine why that was happening. And the first responders were there, and they said, "Man, I'm glad you're doing okay, you know, but." Uh, uh, it looks like your car is totally, yeah, yeah. Then the first responder looked, and he saw that his arm was dislocated. He said, oh, we got to take care of your arm. It just, it's, it's not supposed to bend that way. we got to take care of your arm. What? And he looked over there, and he noticed when he looked over at his arm that his Rolex watch had broken. And although his, his, he had a dislocated arm and was in a whole lot of pain, he says, oh, my Rolex, oh, my Rolex. <laughs> he was more concerned about his watch than his arm. Some people have the wrong priorities in life. Sometimes, you, sometimes a storm of life happens because, because we've got to evaluate our priorities in life. I kind of have a feeling that sometimes God sends our way storms because it's a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call. Perhaps some of us are chasing the almighty dollar instead of chasing almighty God. We've got to evaluate what is more important to us in life. How did the disciples respond when the storms hit? They went to Jesus, so that's good. They knew who to go to. Jesus, save us. We're going to drown. And sometimes we just need a simple little prayer, just a few words, a simple prayer. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. They went to Jesus and Sometimes we think, well, I don't know how to pray. I don't, I don't know the fancy lingo. My friend, just speak to God from the depths of your heart. You don't have to know King James English to, to pray to God. Oh, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, may thou hearest mine prayers that I raise to the heavens. May your great omnipotence show forth my season of distress. Now, just say, Lord, I need you. <laughs> You don't have to have all this King James language to, to pray to God. Just the Lord hears your heart, and he hears your, the cry of your heart, especially when you are dealing with a difficult situation. Number two, why does God allow us to go through storms? To overcome your fears. To overcome your fears. Let me say this. Fear is looking at God through your circumstances. Faith is looking at your circumstances through God. Now, I want you to understand the contradiction of the disciples' prayer when they went to Jesus. The storm is happening. 
It's fierce. The boat is swaying, and Jesus is in the middle of the boat asleep. They went to Jesus, and they said, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. But I want you to recognize that the first part of that prayer is filled with faith, but the second part of that prayer is filled with fear. Lord, save us. That's faith. Amen. They knew who to turn to. We're going to drown. That's not faith. That's fear. Am I right? So their prayer, the first half of their prayer was faith-filled. The second half of their simple little prayer was filled with fear. And that kind of reminds me of how many of us Christians today deal with God or we deal with our prayer life. Half of what we are deals with faith, but then it's like, oh, we got to deal with fear too. I have faith, but I'm also dealing with fear. Could it be that God wants us to destroy and get over and overcome our fears and take our faith to another level, that our prayer is 100% faith-filled? That's where God wants to take us, to another level. No more fear, but we got to go to the level of faith. Do I trust God enough to say, Lord, save us? And Lord, I know we're not going to drown because I have total trust in you. Now, that's a simple prayer that reveals that we are filled with faith, that God's going to do what we believe he's going to do. But the disciples, like many of us, we pray with a little bit of faith and a little bit of fear. That's our natural reaction. Spiritual, natural. Can we get over the natural and say, okay, Lord, I want to I believe that you're going to be able to take us out of this mess. So I want you to understand that when you pray, maybe you can just take a few minutes and evaluate, how did I pray? Are my prayers filled with faith? Lord, I believe you're going to pull me out. Lord, I believe you're going to do this for me. Is that the kind of prayer you believe? Or maybe I should ask, is that the kind of God you serve? The, the basis, I'm going to give you three things the basis for taking our faith to another level. How can we do that? I want to give you a foundation and how we can have that confidence. Number one is because we have the promises of God. We have the promises of God. And when we understand, I've got the promises of God, then I can take my faith to another level. Because knowing that God has given me promise after promise knows I have confidence in the Lord. Because God will never leave me. He will never forsake me. And I can count on him. So that's the first reason why I say we have a a, a great foundation to take our faith to another level. Because we have the promises of God. Secondly, we have the presence of God. Number two, we have the presence of God. I say that because in the midst of the storm, Jesus was right there. That's what I love about Jesus. As we said earlier, Jesus didn't say, okay, you guys get in the boat, see you later, I'm going to stay over here. No, Jesus knew that a storm was coming. So Jesus said, let's get in the boat, and I'm going with you guys. I'm going with you. Jesus knew in advance that they were going to have to deal with a storm. But Jesus was right there with them. We are blessed with the presence of God. My friend, you may be going through a difficult time in your life but you are blessed with the presence of God. Amen? You may not realize it, but he's right there. All you need to do is, Lord, 
Save me. I have confidence that you're going to pull me out of this. Lord, would you just speak the words? Which brings us to number three. We have the peace of God. Jesus spoke those words, peace, be still. Peace, be still. And the storm calmed. All we need to do is let God speak the words. Sometimes when we are praying, we talk way too much. We talk, 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 talk. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, can you do this? And God, can you do this other thing? God, can you do this? Okay, thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. We don't even give God a chance to speak. If we would only give God a chance to speak, not only would we shut our mouth, we would listen to the voice of God and hear him speak those words over our situation. Peace, be still. Peace. Be still. That's the words of the Lord. Can we take the time out of our busy schedule, even out of our busyness and our prayer life, to just be quiet before the Lord and let him speak peace over our situation? Number three, why, do we, why does God allow the storms in our life? Number three, to build character. To build character. You see, every time you face a difficult situation in life, your character is being built. It becomes stronger and stronger. If you never had to deal with a problem, then your, your character is going to be kind of weak. I got to tell you this, we all deal with problems. And some people choose to run away from a problem. Some people choose to run away. I choose to overcome. You and I have a choice to make. Every time we have a problem, every time there's, a, there's a, a, a situation that we've got to deal with, we have a choice to make. Am I going to run away from it or am I going to overcome it? Once again, the choice is yours. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. If you run away from that problem, you're probably going to have to deal with a, another problem over there, Okay. And if you run away from that one, you're probably going to come over here. Okay, you can keep running and running from one problem to another. It's time to overcome your problems, right? It's time to overcome your problems. It's time to overcome the storms in your life. And I tell you that because every time you do, you're building character. I want to overcome. This is going to be difficult for me, but I'm going to overcome this situation. I want to build character. I want God to build my character. I remember there were times when uh, my kids were, were children. Uh, we would face a thunderstorm, a South Texas thunderstorm in our house. And uh, my house in Holotus, I was uh, downstairs, and my kids' bedrooms were upstairs. And there were times uh, that my three kids would have to deal with uh, the thunderstorms, the lightning, and the loudness, and I'm not going to tell you which of my three children was scared, but she would come down and just say, Daddy, I need you. <laughs> and, yeah, it was, well, no, I better not say Shalisha's name. But anyway, uh, uh, she would say, Daddy, I need you. And she, all she needed was to know that Daddy was right there. And then she would fall back to sleep because those thunderstorms were scaring her. It's naturally, it's a human reaction to have fear. But knowing that our daddy's right there changes the whole situation. And now I think she's okay with storms now, okay? <laughs> Reminds me of what Paul says in Romans 5. He talks about how we, uh, 
how we get character. How do we build character? Romans chapter 5, verse 3, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings, Paul says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Whoa. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. I love that passage because it says there's a progression, guys. Paul, through the, uh, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is teaching us there's a progression. Sufferings, perseverance, then character, then hope. Some of us want that hope. Amen. We love that. Well, let's backtrack. How do we get that hope? When we have character. How do we build character? Perseverance. What does that mean? Don't give up. When the going gets tough, don't get going. You just overcome it, okay? And how do we have perseverance? Through suffering. It all starts with suffering. It all starts with the the storms of life. And I encourage you right now to think about the value of suffering because that produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. Beautiful correlation. So you want God to build character? If your prayers have been, Lord, build character in me, then expect the storms of life to come, okay? But that's all right. You're going to overcome them in the name of Jesus, amen? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, amen? So if you are in the middle of a fierce storm, remember that the problem is not the storm. The problem is how we respond. And your character is revealed in the storm. Your character is revealed in the storm because if you run away, that shows a lack of character. But if you overcome, that shows that your faith is going to another level. You're either going to become bitter or you're going to become better because of those storms of life. Last of all, number four, why does God allow storms? To give you a greater revelation of who God is to give you a greater revelation of who God is. Are you familiar with how eagles use the storm to their advantage? Maybe some of you have studied eagles. I love eagles. When a storm hits, the eagle is flying through the storm, through the rain, flying through the storm, and and he, he soars, an eagle soars. In fact, I've been told that eagles love the challenge of soaring through a storm. And it lifts him. He uses the storm to lift him higher. It's almost like a a launching pad to push upward until he gets higher and higher. And then he rides above the storms. He rides above the clouds. He overcomes those storms. See, you likewise and I, can take those storms and use them as a launching pad to go even higher, to have our spiritual life to go even higher. James chapter 1, verse 12 says this, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. My friend, it's time to rise above those storms. I close with a, a story about a, a massive fierce storm that was happening. The passengers on a train 
were very uneasy as they were riding in a train during the midst of a huge thunderstorm. They were riding in the train in the dark and stormy night. The lightning was flashing, the black clouds were rolling in, and the train was traveling fast. Fear and tension were among the passengers. It was so evident. People were afraid because the train was swaying back and forth. People were scared. People were praying. But there was one little fella sitting all by himself, and he was playing with his toys, young boy. He was feeling the, sw- the train swaying back and forth. He looked outside and saw the thunderstorm, but he wasn't afraid. Finally, one of the passengers went to this boy. He says, uh, Sonny, uh, do you see what's happening? Aren't you scared? Don't you agree that we could very well die? Aren't you scared? And this boy looked up and he says, no, miss, I ain't afraid. That's what he said. And this lady said, why aren't you afraid? He says, because my daddy's the engineer. (laughs) He had all the peace in the world because he knew his daddy was in control. Are you going through a storm in life? You can have all the peace in the world when you know that your heavenly father is in control. Do you have that kind of confidence that your daddy's the engineer of your life and you're, you are going to be just fine? Would you stand with me right now? Lord, right now we take the time to call upon you and we take the time to just even thank you for the storms of life. That sometimes they can be very, very challenging. Lord, we've seen a physical storm in Texas these past few days, and it continues to show forth in the Houston area. We continue to lift up those who are in the middle of that storm. But Lord, today we've taken the time to use an analogy of storms about the things that we're going through in life here, the challenges we face, the situations we have to deal with. So Lord, right now we just pray... We just pray right now that you would um, be the peace that we need. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your presence. And we thank you for your peace. Thank you, Lord.